what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Brothers in Tech is a weekly podcast focused on personal and home technology, helping provide you, our fellow brothers and sisters in tech, with some information, assistance, and recommendations. We continue our outdoor summer conversations this week as we talk about camping. That's right, we're going to be talking about camping on a technology show. But believe it or not, there are some really interesting uses of technology that can help improve your camping experience. Hello and welcome to Brothers in Tech here on the Mesh.TV podcast network. My name is Alan Jackson, one of your co-hosts for the show. And the other co-host is across the screen from me, also across the country from, from me. It is my actual brother, brother in tech, Brian Jackson. How are you today, Brian? Uh, Alan, I am doing well. Across the screen, across the country. Yes, I am. I'm here. I'm here for you. Because of technology, it just, it does feel like you're right here. So we're just having a conversation. Again, this is about our only time we talk is to talk technology. Very true. Because we do our quick little 30 second check in on each other's families. Everybody's good, Brian? Yeah, everybody's good. Everybody's good. Your side? Yep. Yep. No, we're all great. We're doing good. So we're good. All right. Let's, uh, that is out of the way formality wise. So let's go ahead and talk technology like we always do. This show, we get together and we talk tech, but we don't talk it from a industry news. We don't talk about it from a, you know, a corporate level or anything big picture. We really talk about personal and home family technology, things you can use and find yourself using possibly on a daily basis, how technology can enhance some things in your life. And it's also, we want to be a resource for those of you that are the family go-to IT people on call, and you know who you are, those of you that end up getting those phone calls from other family members saying, just bought a new phone and something's not working and I need some help. And if you're that person, welcome to the brotherhood or sisterhood of tech. If you're not one of those people, but you're the ones uh, that are actually making the phone calls to other family members, maybe, uh, maybe we're a way to help help you become a little more self self-reliant in the future. So yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean I think we're we're the we're the people that are here for those of you who, you know, may get a call saying your brother told me to do something and it's now broken and now I need you to fix it. Right. So if you're anything like I am and I get those calls all the time from my family members saying that your brother told us to do one thing, it screwed up. We don't want to tell them that it was bad and make him feel bad. So, you know Please fix it. See what's so. what's really. I mean, I I I can yes because I I get those exact same calls. So sure you, you do. Sure you do. Yeah, alter, that, alternating. Right. We are alternating on trying to install things on family members' <laughs> homes, and half of them go really well, and half of them don't. And we get. I know you are, but what am I? Yeah, come on, Alan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, basically, we should just say we're we're screwing our we're screwing our family over. It's basically what we we're doing. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe that right. or we're sabotaging each other's projects to try to make each other look bad. So, yeah, maybe, uh, maybe. Could be a little bit of that too. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get on. Every episode we get together this last, this the current season, we uh, talk about one aspect of technology in your life. And today I got to admit, I feel like we're, we're, we're reaching a little bit on where we go with technology, but I need you guys in our special guest here in a moment 
to educate me on this. And I'll set the uh, topic up here in a minute. But first off, before I do, let's go ahead and bring on our guest. He is back for uh, the third in our series of episodes with him. Uh, everybody just was raving about his involvement in the first two episodes. So we said, you know what, Rob? Come on back. You're invited back for the third. And that's where he made we it to round today. three. So, round three. That's right. Welcome Rob, back. Rob Dickerson is our guest. Rob is a uh, works for a cycling apparel company called Defeat here in Western North Carolina. He's a lifelong cycling enthusiast, but I also know him as a lifelong technology enthusiast as well. And he's been doing some great things at blending technology into his career and his passion interests as well. Rob, how are you doing? I'm great. Thanks yeah. for having me, guys. <laughs> okay, <Yeah>. good. <laughs> good to hear. <laughs> Rob, Glad to have you back again, Rob. I mean, Rob, just to show off how techie he is, he decides to, you know, don a really cool pair of headphones for us and, you know, turn down his mood lighting by just, you know, touching his phone and his app. So, yeah, I think he's he's trying to show off now, Alan, and, I, and, I, and I'm not sure I like being shown up on our own show here. So, uh, you know. But I, but Do I we really respect, want to bring him back on today? Is that I got But I got to respect the game. I've got to respect the game. I think he is. He is ready to roll. So. Yeah. Now he's uh, rocking a nice pair of the big. Uh, what are those? Those the Apple. Uh, what do they call them? The uh, AirPods oh, Max. AirPods Max. Yeah, Max. Max. Big, uh, yeah. The big over yeah. the ear headphone yeah. things, which yeah. I'm very and, jealous about. Those look nice. And, and just for full disclosure here, they are actually pink. So yeah, I was going to say it. I was going to say it if yeah. you didn't. Okay, I, so I'm glad I, you. I knew <laughs> because they're my, my wife's, which you know, you know, not her fault, but they're actually Karen's. AirPods. Oh, there we go. There we go. There we go. We'll see if we get a response from that. Um, <laughs> right. I um, I know too many Karens to not even try to joke about the term. Yeah, don't even you know, go pe- there. That people are using online with Karens. So we're just going to stay <laughs> clear of that. So, right. So the reason we're talking today is we are talking about camping. Now, that's right. It's outdoors. It's summertime. People getting out. You know, it's warm weather. Uh, camping is something a lot of people like to do. We talked about cycling a few weeks ago. That was kind of one of our yep. last episodes as well. So we're kind of staying in this whole outdoor recreational vibe. It's summertime. And camping is something that, you know, a lot of people like to do. Uh, I will be uh, in full disclosure. I I camp very little. Um, my most routine camping I ever used to do was probably 35 years ago uh, as a scout uh, growing up, I did a lot of camping, not as much in the last 30 years, but some occasionally. But what I'm really curious about, I think what we're going to talk about is is there is technology involved in camping these days. Uh, and it is technology that I don't really know anything about because, again, when I go camping now, it is basically throw a tent in the back, uh, throw a sleeping bag, and that's basically it. And I feel like I'm probably missing out on some interesting things I could be doing. Or if I was camping more, uh, there'd be more ways to incorporate technology. Luckily, wait, 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 wait. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Alan. You're yeah. saying that you're going to add nothing to this episode. Is I, that... I'm telling you right up front that I'm I'm I'm, I'm cashed out. I am which uh, which episode I are we do in here, Rob? Is this the um, is this the home you know lawn maintenance one that he can't contribute anything on, or the cycling nope. one he can't contribute anything on? Which nope. which one are we doing today? I can't. Really, they all seem to blend together, given that you, you can't <laughs> contribute anything. So. I I'm self admitting this is uh, I'm out of my milieu here, so this is uh, this is not my area. At what point does this just become brother in tech? Well, 
I'm just mm-hmm. thinking, Rob, you and I, you know, you and I, we've got a, we've got a space on this show here. Maybe you and I can kind of get together <laughs> offline here in, uh, soon. But anyway, well, if, if we have to educate you again, Alan, then we will. Well, listen, seriously, if you guys want to do this, I got some dinner. <laughs> in the other room. I'm, I'm fine to hop out and go. So I'm no, you need you to learn. You need to learn, Alan. You I need do to need learn. to learn. Yeah. So technology and camping is yeah. what we're going to talk about. And believe it or not, there is some technology in the world of camping these days. Luckily, both of you. Uh, do quite a bit of camping, um, you know, um, di- different degrees, different levels of camping, but both of you have a considerable more experience. So kind of looking forward to hearing what's going on in the world of camping and how does technology play a role? So let's just kind of play a hypothetical. I'm going to set this up and I'm going to let you guys roll. I'm going to go fix a drink or do something <laughs> and you know, I'll try to time it to be back whenever you're done. But, you know, let's say if I was somebody who said, all right, look, I want to get into camping more. But I, I don't want to just do it just sleeping back in tent. I really want to get good stuff. I want to make it a good, comfortable, fun experience. And I want to incorporate a little bit of uh, some higher level technology into my camping. Uh, let's start with the fundamentals. And you guys tell me where we are these days. So do we do we still use tents? Is, is tents still <laughs> kind of the preferred camping uh, gear technology right now? Well, I mean, I'll go ahead and say, Rob, you and I can both say we probably progressed away from tents, haven't we? Um, yeah. You know, I'm a, I'm a van camper. You're now, I think, a van or a, would you call that a, I don't know, all-terrain vehicle camper? How are, how are you, how is your oh, it's, badass vehicle? It, what would you call that? It, it's a very fancy word. It's, you know, they had to develop a new word for it. Um, it's now called overlanding. Oh, Overlanding, as right. opposed to underlanding. Okay, all right, good. <laughs> well, you yeah. can only do that in Brazil and South America. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> so, help me understand. I'm not, in all seriousness here, okay, Brian. We'll start with you first. You said yep. van camping. Okay, yep. so, yep. Are we really just talking about you just taking a van and you just sleep in the back of the van? What is yeah, yeah, the river. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I mean, van camping is. Car, let's just put it this way. Car camping is kind of the standard camping, right? You drive up in your car, you get your stuff out of your car, you put it down at a campsite, you camp, right? But your car is still close by, so you don't have to travel anywhere with it. You don't have to take your backpack into the wilderness, right? That's car camping. I'm, I'm Van, liking everything I'm hearing so yep, far. Yep. Yep. Van camping is similar, except we actually don't get anything out of the van. So we sleep in the van. Uh, mm-hmm. In my case, we cook, you know, we cook in the van. Uh, and we do everything else kind of outside. You know, we still use the the campsite for, you know, recreating, whatever, Some sometimes cooking out there. But, you know, van camping is for those, I think, that maybe have gotten a little tired of sleeping in a tent uh, and setting up and down a tent. For us, we drive up, find a spot, pop the top on our old, you know, uh, camper van and, uh, and we're set up. So, so I think a lot of people have gone that way. You see you, a lot of people, you'll hear people say sprinter, sprinter vans are a big thing. Now you see them all over the place, right. Where, um, you know, people are buying vans that are tall enough to stand up in. They've got mm-hmm. a, a, you know, a bed in the back, they've got their kitchen inside, right. So it's basically they're, they're able to travel and not be kind of, um, I think the way we looked at it is we we wanted not to be um, hampered by staying at particular types of sites by setting up our tent every day. You know, my, my wife and I are, are people that never have been interested in camping in the same place for a long period of time. We like mm-hmm. to go and travel. 
And what we'll talk about today, some of the things that the technology regarding car camping or tent camping, you know, a lot of it requires an awful lot of setup and takedown, mm-hmm. setup and takedown mm-hmm. and all of that. So I think that's where a lot of people have moved to the car camping or the uh, uh, van camping, um, you know, RV camping, you know, mm-hmm. RV, I think would be kind of the luxury version of that where you're going and you have sure. everything, you have your showers, you have it, whatever. Um but, you know, in a, in a van camper, typically you're, you just like to go and pull up and, you know, be in cool places and not have a whole lot of setup. So Sorry, have your so house with the, you. Gotcha. And then Rob, you mentioned overlanding. Overlanding. I haven't heard All that. Right, so tell us, tell okay. us what that is and, and kind of what, where you are camping wise right now. Well, and, and I don't know, I'm not an expert on this, but I would say the general idea came from the, um, um, outback, the, you know, um, down in Australia, New Zealand, um, and then over in Africa, um, a lot of companies um, had created ways to, to go in really remote areas. Of course, you know, Australia is this huge country, but, you know, the majority of the population lives around the edges of it. And it's the, mm-hmm. the middle that's, you know, the, that has so much to explore. And, of course, Africa is very similar there's so much that's kind of deserted or, or mm-hmm. inhospitable for long periods of time. So they, there's several companies that had developed pretty amazing um, um, vehicles. And a lot of times they'll start with something, you know, like a Toyota Land Cruiser and not like the, the passenger cruiser that we have. They, they still actually have a Land Cruiser in those countries that looks largely like a truck um, that has different, um, you know, kind of configurations, but they'll, they'll throw a unit, if you will, on the back, a metal box, essentially, that it has all their gear. And it, it's, you know, got solar panels, it's a tent, it's got, you know, um, power management system, it's got a fridge, freezer, um, and then, you know, typically some cooking. And there's a lot of different layouts. Well, that, of course, it's been around here for years. You know, we used to call them the old pop-top campers that people mm-hmm. would have on their uh, – uh, on their, on the back of their, you know, their Ford long bed pickup truck. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that, those two things have kind of converged here in the U S and now you've got a lot of companies. There's one really well-known company that started up in Colorado that made a very, a f- kind of in the, the scheme of things, a very affordable system for like the Toyota Tacoma. It was called go fast campers. And, uh, I think they go by GFC, they were a hit, um, you know, and they were selling out immediately. This is all pre-pandemic. But we looked at that. We looked at a bunch of them. We ended up on a company that's actually South African, um, and it's called Alucab. And it's because the unit is aluminum, so it's A-L-U-C-A-B. Uh, but they, they make rooftop tents, but then they also make full bolt-on campers that go on the back of your truck. So that's mm-hmm. what we did. And we have okay. – water on board. We have two solar panels on the roof. Um, we have a fridge freezer. We have a, um, two burner gas stove. We have a, um, single burner gas, um, fireplace, um, out of a sailboat in our, in our unit. So, you know, yeah, we, we've reached the point where I'm not sure we're camping anymore. We're just staying in a small hotel. That was going to be a little bit of my question. Yeah. So we're still camping like in all this, level, <laughs> even on in the yeah. van camping and all this is still considered camping, right? Yeah. Yeah. Alan, I just, I just have to say, I think we, 
I think we invited the right person here because you notice <laughs> at the very beginning of his, he said, I don't really know much about this, but I think it started back with the Aztecs back in 1300. Where, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and all of that made me kind of completely forget about his pink headphones there for just a short minute, which was awesome. So that was that was impressive. That was cool. So yeah. I had the uh, I had the pleasure of seeing Rob's uh, Overland vehicle just recently, and it is uh, it is it is quite quite nice. Yeah. So, uh, very, yeah. very impressive. Well, Alan, so, okay. Alan, yeah. let, so let me just quickly, cause I don't, I, you know, we're going to talk, I think about camping, about tent camping, right? Rob and I are going to regress a little bit back to our tent camping days and talk about that. But All just right. briefly, if, if people say, you know, Hey, I haven't camped before, you know, there's mm-hmm. lots of different levels of camping. Right. And I would actually say, Rob, you can kind of correct me if I'm wrong, but I would say at the minimalist level, it's the backpacker, right? If you're talking someone who goes out, in the wilderness, walking, plops down a tent, you've got a backpacker. There's there's technology for that, right? There are gear for that. Then you've mm-hmm. got your tent ca- your tent campers, which are typically going to be your car campers. They drive up to a campsite, they pull everything out of their car, and then they they tent camp, but they still have their car close by, so they didn't have to carry a lot. So size isn't that important for them at that point. It's not like they have to carry anything, you know, so as long as it can fit in your car, you're good to go. I think you go up from there, you get some people who put, as uh, Rob said, like tent or uh, uh, car topper tents, you know, where you can actually rooftop, add yeah. on rooftop tent. You can get a van, you can get a sprinter, you can get some of these all the way up to an RV. All of them, I think, are still considered camping because you're going away to somewhere else to habitate for a while. Um, but I think it's important. It's not we, a hotel or something. Exactly. Else. That you're outside. not it's, correct. You're outdoors. Yeah. You're taking somewhat advantage of an outdoors, even though okay. a lot of us are, you know, not quite in the elements as much. So I think it's yeah. for most people, That's it's important to, to kind of jump into what is a car camper. What's the car camping equipment, right? I want to go out and take my kids camping for the first time. What do so I let's need? Talk about, yeah, right? Let's talk about the gear that if you are, yeah, you're driving a car up to a campsite and you're yep. going to set up a tent, the most kind of basic, straightforward camping that's easy to do for, for yep. families or anybody else. So, all right. So back to my original question. We still use tents, right? That's still, yeah. that's still, all right. We do. Is there anything that has advanced in the world of tents from the ones that I remember back in the eighties that I used and I probably still use, I think the ones I have in my closet are still ones I probably use back in the eighties. Where, what, what's kind of the latest, what's some new things about tent tents that would be helpful to know? Um, um, you want to well, it, yeah, yeah. I mean, one thing that I've seen now, you know, like everything, there's, uh, there's a price point for what level you want to go to. Sure, yeah. And I think if you're a novice and you're not sure you'll even like this, then it's best to do something, either borrow something that someone else has mm-hmm. and kind of try it out and get an idea if you even like it. Um, we started out again uh, two years ago, kind of camping. My wife and I, our daughter was off to school, and we started with um, my old uh, kind of two-person um, bike packing, you know, doing some camping on the bike. And so we mm-hmm. had a two person, it's really snug, you know, yeah. it's, you know, yeah. you're, you know, it has to be your significant other cause you're right on top of each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a lot of room for your gear inside, but it worked, but we were technically car camping. You know, we went up to the mountains of North Carolina, we paid for a camping spot, you know, for two nights and we drug everything out of the Subaru and threw it there on the mm-hmm. ground. 
um, we quickly decided, you know what? We like this, but it's hard, especially if we want to bring the dog. And so we soon thereafter bought a nice four person tent. Now, since we thought this is something we were going to get into, um, we bought a nice four man tent, not one of the tall ones, but one that could potentially be backpacked with. So we tried to keep it still on that lighter, smaller side. Um, but you know, it was about a $400, uh, four man tent, which in the scheme of tents is about midway in the price point. Um, and it's great. And it is, it's more than suitable for, um, two to three adults with all their gear. We would take it. Um, and one nice thing about it is it allowed us to add things like a big air mattress. So we got a camping air mattress, not your air mattress from the house, but mm-hmm. a, a insulated camping air mattress. And there, therefore we had this nice, soft, comfortable bed to sleep on, mm-hmm. um, with our individual sleeping bags. And it, it's a double sleeping pad too, which is really cool. Okay. Yeah. Huh, nice. so. All right. Nice. So well, yeah. In, in, yeah. Well, I think, I think you asked about what's changed with tent. I mean, I, I was actually pretty yeah. impressed with, um, I mean, the tents themselves from, you know, 20 years ago are not dramatically different in terms. They're still the flexible poles that extend out that you put through to kind of hoist it up. Um, I, I will say there, one thing that's kind of really advanced a lot is they'll actually have different compartments in them now, which is kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Some of the tents aren't just a big open room. Some of them are two rooms, you know, and if you're someone who has kids and wants to be able to divide who's, who's where, or having, you know, males and females in different compartments, you know, those are helpful. Or if you have a dog that you want to keep separate and not, you know, have kind of taking over or getting certain things wet. So my wife and I, we had, we have one tent that does have a, I'll call it like a little entryway right when you go in, there's one little segmented off area. And that's because we're in the Northwest. All of our stuff gets wet and that's Mm -hmm. kind of our, our, our our wet area. It's like our, it's like coming into a a house where you have a a room, a mud room, right. Where you're able to just Mm -hmm. get rid of all your muddy stuff before you get into uh, the actual sleeping part of your tent. And I think that's an important thing to keep in mind. When you're looking at a tent, think about how you're going to use it, where are you going to use it, and make sure, because there is nothing worse with there's – nothing, there's nothing that's going to make you hate camping more than getting everything wet, right, and having just a horrible experience, you know, getting mm-hmm. everything dirty and realizing that I can't stay clean, right? And, and you know, there's something about camping where you want to get a little dirty, but what you don't want is – you know, if you're at the beach, you don't want sand everywhere because that's yeah. going to be a horrible, horrible experience. You don't want if you're sure. you know, out exploring muddy areas for the mud to get everywhere. So to me, I think the really nice part is being able to keep some of those things separate. Um, mm-hmm. And whether that's okay. a, um, you know, having something over your tent for like the rain, the rain flap that you all, you know, you probably remember that, Alan, you're, you, you know, it hasn't been that mm-hmm. long, right? You have a rain flap yeah. that you can put over your tent yes. to, to be the, the waterproof part. And then if you take that off, obviously the air can get in, right? Maybe getting one of those that actually has a further extension so that you can have, you can have a bike, you can have your mm-hmm. muddy shoes, all of that stuff can still stay out of the rain, but not okay. be inside your tent. So I think that's one of the things that's really improved a lot in tent technology. Okay. So, yeah. All right. Still sounds yeah. relatively 
similar to maybe how it has how it's been. What about what about sleeping bags? Is that something that's changed? I mean, I know I've seen the couple of times I've gone to go take a look at sleeping bags for some some things I attended. All the different ratings and different kind of material and technology involved in kind of keeping you, I guess, warmer. Is that kind of the deal? What what are what are sleeping bags like nowadays? Well, I would also I would say warmer, but not too warm. And I think that's a really important piece that you you can spend a lot of money on sleeping bags because you can get some that are rated to be in the Arctic, right? To where you can you actually keep the the thermal level quite high. Uh, you know, if I would advise anyone, if you're going to get into buying a new sleeping bag, realize that thicker doesn't necessarily mean better um, and smaller doesn't necessarily mean better. I mean, it, well, actually could mean better. It doesn't mean better for you. Um, you know, you, you know, if, if Rob's going to go out and do some backpacking or maybe some bike uh, camping, he wants something really, really small so that it doesn't take a lot of space, but still has a pretty good thermal rating. So, Maybe it has goose down in it or something like that that can be a good thermal conductor, but not very thick, right? I remember, it's funny, Alan, I went back to our our parents as they were moving out of their house, and one of the things they gave me was our old sleeping bag that we had from when we were kids. (laughs) Super, super thick, right? Incredibly comfortable, like felt on the inside or kind of um, uh, just incredibly wool-like on the inside, And I remember this thing is huge, right? And I'm sure it's completely comfortable to be in. But, you know, you can get that same heat level or same level of comfort with something really, really thin now. And so that's where the technology is making it smaller, um, making it so that you can carry it further, making so that you, you know, don't need something massive in order to to get the, the heat reduction. Now, realize the thinner you go also means part of that's because you're going to probably want some sort of camping pad, something to go under you so that you're not laying directly on the roots and, and rocks and things like that. So like so, Rob was mentioning kind of the air yeah. mattress type of thing, the camping air mattress and yeah. some other different pads you normally are putting underneath your sleeping bags nowadays. Right. right. Yeah, yeah. A lot of these um, bag companies too have gone to some hybrid systems. So there's, you know, not only do you have different insulation, so, um, the insulation can be, you know, some type of poly, you know, branded poly type, um, spun or blown poly that, and it doesn't compress quite as well as down, um, down, believe it or not now is available in a waterproof down, which sounds silly. Um, but they're able to basically waterproof it using kind of the idea behind, um, atomizing, um, like a waterproof element in steam with the down, and it's, I've watched a video on how they did it. It's pretty amazing, but it, it makes it not completely waterproof, but it will keep the fibers with loft, even if they get some dampness. Whereas before, the the pros of a, of a down bag were, oh, you, you can pack it really small. You know, a 30-degree bag could be very tiny. But the downside was if it got wet, it was useless, you know, mm, as soon yeah. as it got wet. And that was why poly sometimes was better for a wetter climate but now they've got some neat stuff but another thing that's interesting is that on my um ultralight um bike packing tent and bag setup i actually have a it's a single-sided sleeping bag so only the top is insulated with waterproof down the bottom uses an insulated pad that is inflatable that slides in to a mm-hmm. sleeve in the bottom 
So it's really neat. The cool thing is, is that you don't fall off your pad anymore. Your pad's locked in underneath you. And, uh, and then the other thing is you, you don't have this redundancy of material, um, you know, to carry around, you're carrying yeah. the least amount of material you need. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And okay. So sleeping bags have progressed quite a bit. I'll tell you, cause I, Brian, I still think I've got one of the big <laughs> fat bulky ones that you were describing. The, the nylon blue on the outside with the red, you know, yep. felt on the inside. Or I've still got yeah. one of those up in the closet. Yep. So yep. yes, sir, I do. So, so here's one more thing, Alan, is that, um, now a lot of people are buying uh, sleeping bags not to be in a tent. And I guess we should have mentioned this earlier when you said our tent's the same. There's a lot of people that are that are camping in a hammock now. I mean, hammocks are uh, – that technology is great to where you can get – I've got a hammock that balls up to the size of a, oh, I don't know, a, you know, lunch bag, right? And I can stretch the hammock out. The hammock's large enough that it actually wraps over me. So if I wanted to just go out and – you know, go in my kayak and pull over somewhere and, and throw up a, a hammock. I can have a small sleeping bag. Now the difference is a lot of those sleeping bags, some of them actually come up over your head. So they'll, mm-hmm. they'll actually put a hood up over your head and you think that's where you're going to be out in the elements. So maybe you're in a, yeah. maybe you're in a hammock and you do want uh, to have a little uh, protection, you know, for your head as well. Whereas in the, in a tent, you don't really need that. Right. So, sure. Yeah. yeah. So I think there's lots of, there's lots of cool little advances with sleeping bag, but, but going yeah. back to the beginning, don't go and buy the best, um, level of, you know, heat protection or cold protection because you may never need it. Right. I mean, you don't, don't buy the one that someone can use in the Arctic because you're going to spend a lot of money on it and, you know, look at the temperature range, look at where you are in the world. If you're camping in North Carolina, well, You've got a certain temperature range that you're going to deal with. You're camping in Canada. There's a different temperature range. So uh, realize you you can spend a lot of money on these things, but you know, right. figure out where your range is. So I think I got a good handle on you know the tent, sleeping bag, and kind of material or, or thing to, to sleep on. But uh, let's get let's get a little more techie, guys. I mean, I got to feel like there's probably some cooler new gadgets, accessories, tools, add-ons, something that have been rolled out in recent years or over the years that really kind of incorporate more technology into camping. I got to feel like there is. So tell me about some of the cooler things you guys think are available for people who get into camping that could help, you know, enhance their experience right now if they were to go camping. Well, Rob, let me, yeah, let me, let me. Rob, go first. Oh, okay. Yeah, go ahead. What, what were you going to say, Brian? Well, I was going to say, I mean, why don't we, why don't we talk a little bit about solar? Cause to me, solar is the, the way technology has really helped with camp. Because again, camping, the, the goal oftentimes is getting away from the world, right? Oftentimes you go and find these great campgrounds that maybe don't have power. They may not have cell service. They may not have, you know, lots of different amenities. So to me, solar has become something that has really advanced quite a bit. Um, Rob, do you have solar on your, uh, what is it, over overgrounding, over, mm-hmm. overlanding? Yeah. Overlanding, thank I've you. Got, yeah, I've got solar charging the battery in the truck. Nice. Um, but, um, you know, what's happened in one company that I know about, because we actually have one of their little battery pack things, and I say little, this is a big one, it's like a, 200 amp hour, you know, battery reserve made for like car camping. 
and mm-hmm. um, they have a briefcase solar panel. So it's a hundred watt solar panel that I can prop up somewhere and charge this battery pack during the day. And then of course we can use that at night to power lights around the campground. Or if it's hot, we could power a fan in the, in the, uh, in the tent if we wanted to. Um, it's really a neat idea. I also, I, I happened to be on their site the other day looking for a component to their kit for our van at work. And I noticed they have a new solar panel for a backpack, which I thought was kind of mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. It's straps on, it's got four little D ring hooks on each corner. It's about the size of a, a notebook, maybe eight and a half by 11 or so, but it, it's a five watt solar charger that straps onto any backpack and charges up your phone. And I thought, you nice. know, that's pretty, pretty cool. So I could see, you know, you're out, you're camping, you don't necessarily want to go run and put everything in the car and charge it up. You just want to keep it charged while you're camping. And that'd be a cool way to kind of mm-hmm. keep your phone or yep. maybe a radio or something, who knows, you know, something small. Well, yeah. and on, the, on that note, Alan, if, if we talk about the things that we have seen, and I'm sure Rob, you've seen quite a bit of this as well, but after going through lots of camping experiences, oftentimes I'll see the mishaps that people make and you'll mm-hmm. see the person who comes up and runs, you know, runs some power off of their car, you know, the, the cigarette <laughs> lighter and it's running different things. Maybe it's their um, radio or something like that. And sure enough, at the end of the camping trip, they can't start the car. Right. So having another source of power uh, and unfortunately power is important to us these days and having a, a cell phone, whether or not you actually use a cell phone, but at least having a cell phone that's charged for safety reasons, for uh, the ability to be able to maybe figure out which hike you're going to go on, those sorts of things can be helpful. So uh, I'll also mention, Alan, you know, if you if you said, what are the things that I absolutely think someone has to have technology wise okay. to go start camping? I think light, light is a really important one. Having a okay. good, maybe a lantern to go at your campsite so that you're not tripping going from, you know, car to car to tent or to the bathroom, whatever. And, so and what's the best options on lanterns? Is it? Uh, well, I'm a big, know. I'm a big fan of nowadays. They've got these really cool inflatable, inflatable lanterns, and all it is, it looks like an old, um, I don't know, like a, uh, in just like a. Um, I don't know, a floaty that a kid used to wear on their arms, right? right. It just it, you just mm-hmm. inflate it with air. It's got mm-hmm. a solar panel on the top of it. It's got a little LED light on the inside. So you inflate this thing and the solar is powering it. You click it on and it provides light. So it's a clear kind of balloon yeah. type thing. But because, fantastic. It's air, but because it's in a, an inflatable thing and it's got a container around it the light actually gets spread out quite a bit right yeah you put one of those and you can compress it down into something that can go easily into a pocket um so i think those are fantastic right you they they last forever um you can uh you know you can have them right when you get there and be able to at least light up different parts of your site um there's actually one that i was looking at going into this episode uh, it's a little expensive, it's like 70 bucks, but there was one that is like a two-in-one that the solar on top will also charge a little battery that it has so that you can then charge your phone from it. So you're getting <laughs> okay. a lantern, but you're also getting a backup power, Some power, you know, power boost, something like or, that. Or yeah, like maybe that. like a radio, yeah. something like that. So, okay, that's so to me, I, I love that. those. Uh, I mean, you can 
Headlamp is another one. I would absolutely invest in a headlamp. I think those are the greatest things, you know, since having a flashlight in your hand. Well, yeah. a lot of times if you've got kids, you're maybe walking them and you don't want to be, you know, fiddling with the, the flashlight. Get a headlamp, you know, so that you, we used to think that was only for serious hikers. They're great rechargeable headlamps. You put it on, walk to the bathroom with that so that wherever you're looking has light. Yeah, um, yeah that's that was one of the best purchases we made is to give us each a headlamp and uh, so that we uh, we have the ability to to light up our nice. way. So. Okay. I'm liking the whole discussion on lighting. That's really, really yep. cool stuff. Yep. Uh, Rob, what's a, what's a tool accessory or something that uh, you have, you've, you think is really useful and, and cool to have for camping? Well, it, it, there's a couple of things. There's, there's one I want to talk about in a minute. That's just sure. kind of crazy. I just accidentally just um, stumbled on it years ago, but I, and I, I don't own it. So, but okay. the, 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 the essential I think is maybe a water, purifier of some mm-hmm. sort. Okay. Um, because, uh, I think if you're car camping, it's a lot easier to carry, you know, kind of pre-sorted water, you know, where either you bought bottles or you mm-hmm. filled up a big container to bring with you, and, you know, in our truck, we have a 13 gallon water tank, um, that we can put, you know, water in and take <laughs> with us. But w- one of the, one of the, uh, the things I think is pretty cool. And I actually didn't own this, but I was with someone, we were cycling, we did a big ride, um, and, uh, it was hot and Mm -hmm. we were running out of water, but there was a lot of water sources, but you know, Mm -hmm. I'm not always great about wanting to drink right out of a stream. You just never know. And, um, his name's Kevin Hessler. He, um, he's the um, buyer for one of the um, bike shops up in Asheville, North Carolina called Mm -hmm. motion makers. And he had this cool um, setup, and I believe it was from MSR, which they've been in the business for a long time. But it was basically a bag that he filled with water that had a filter on the other end and basically filling it up and then kind of forcing the bag with the water in it through the filter system into our water bottles. So, he, you know, it took 15 minutes probably to do two of them, um, but he filled up our water bottles you know with you know water right out of the stream it's really nice um and um i mean these filters i think not only carbon i think they might be like carbon ceramics so they're kind of a dual sediment and impurity uh, filter all in one Uh uh-huh well what's cool about that too is you know even for any kind of camping purpose i mean water taking water is like one of the heaviest things you can be carrying around with you if you're going anywhere if you're camping anywhere far away from a vehicle where you're where you have stuff available to you, you know, just that that's the heaviest thing I can imagine you'd have on your, on your body. So to be able to know that you don't have to do that, you can just obviously yeah. be near a stream or lake or anywhere else where you happen to be. Uh, that's great. That's yeah. really, uh, that really makes yeah. it easy. So. Yeah. I think anytime you're going to go off, off trail or off, you know, away from the campsite, you're going to go a little bit off the grid yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Water, water purification is is key, and they make some as small as, you know, something that looks like a little tube where you're you suction up water, and then you know on the other end you can put it in a water bottle and it will uh, purify. So I think that's really important. Don't you know? Don't get gutsy and think, well, the the stream looks looks clean. Um, yeah. and you know, that, that, that's not where you want to be hiking out in the wilderness, uh, and have some stomach flu come up, uh, just because Ooh. you, you drink some bad water. So sure. I think that's a great, that's a great move. So are there other, other 
couple of other cool tips, tools, accessories, things that you feel like are really elevating the camping experience these, these days? Well, well, this one little thing I was going to mention yeah. was, oh, that yeah, I sure. just discovered by accident was this thing sure. called Bear Watch. Now, this is mainly <laughs> okay. geared towards um, backpackers in you know, probably Pacific Northwest, Rockies, Canada, you know, places where you have grizzlies because here we have black bears. Um, it's, I mean, they are dangerous, but, um, usually they'll scurry away if they hear noise or whatever. I, we wear a bell on our walking stick when we walk and carry bear spray with us. Um, so, but you know, grizzly is another, it's a whole other world. And, um, there's a company that has developed what essentially looks like a set of tent poles, Mm -hmm. Uh, individual tent poles that are pre-wired with two cables between each, each pole to put around your tent at night. Hmm. And it has a battery pack with it that, um, outputs that's, um, 10,000 volts (laughs) and it does, it's a half a joule. Um, but, but, but essentially I think it works off the principle of like a, uh, flash, in a camera, but mm-hmm. in, in, as a electric fence, essentially. So if it gets touched, it produces this massive shock. And, um, evidently it has a pretty decent recovery time. Um, you know, uh, overnight, you know, like if it gets hit, it right. can come back and hit again. And, um, yeah, it, it packs in something about the size of a camping pillow. So uh, maybe I was going to ask, yeah, how small, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's pretty, pretty small, pretty, pretty neat. I don't own it. I've never tried it, yeah. but I, it, it weighs three pounds. So it's not light, n- sure. you know, necessarily, but you know, grizzlies aren't fun. So uh, well, <laughs> if you're camping in an area where there's that, that's a concern. I mean, that's absolutely a great, great option yeah. to have around you there. So yeah. Yeah. it's like a little, like a little electric fence. You're basically just building a perimeter around your campsite. Yeah. Yeah. And when yeah. You turn it on. Obviously, anything that crosses over that threshold yeah. is going to get shocked, right? Yeah, it's, it's it looks like it ends up being about a thirty to thirty five inch high pole, mm-hmm. you know, system um, with um, c- kind of brightly colored cables in two positions. So it is um, easy for like human beings to see, like for us to see and be careful of and all that. But it, yeah. it appears in the in the literature and everything I see. I mean, although I could see me getting up and walking into it in the night. <laughs> yeah. to, that would be know. my concern, but, um, you know, yeah, you know, almost, yeah, it needs some sort of, uh, a, a warning to us on our phone or something yeah. like that. If we're getting close to it. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it's, it, and it, it's a Canadian company, but it, it is, um, it looks like it's 250 us dollars. Mm. So well, I mean, anyway. that's not bad for that type of system. No, 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 no. I tell you, for peace of mind, right? I, my wife and I have camped in many, many places that are, when you go in, they have bear boxes where you have to put your food in the bear box and you have to, uh, you know, always have bear spray and have your bear bell. And, uh, so peace of mind, that would be very helpful. Uh, Rob, I did want to ask, did it say anything about, is it simply just a shock or does it actually make a sound as well? Do you know? You know what? I, I, I don't, I don't remember. I, it did okay. not say anything that I recall. I, I think it just shocks. Um, yeah. And, and I'm guessing that when something like that pops uh, 10,000 volts, you're probably going to hear it. 
Yeah. You're I'm gonna, hoping. Yeah. I'm hoping. Yeah. Cause, yeah. Cause I, it's one thing I don't like about Grizzlies is pissing them off. So I'd really like to <laughs> not, <laughs> not have them get pissed off and then me not know that it's happening. So uh, it'd be yeah. nice if there was some sort of noise, but yeah, that's pretty, <laughs> you that's slip pretty right cool. through it. <laughs> 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 yeah. well, hey, Brian, yeah. did you uh, have another, another, anything? Well, actually, you know, I, I wanted to go back just a second cause there's something I meant to mention about tents, Alan. Um, okay. And this is from personal experience, uh, not knowing, um, not knowing about this when I first started, uh, camping, uh, many years ago, but make sure that when you buy your tent, that you also buy the, um, footprint that goes with your tent. And so what a footprint is, is basically a tarp that goes underneath the tent that is perfectly cut out for the size of your tent. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they're extra. Now, of course, you don't have to buy a footprint. You can get a tarp and you can cut it out. Just to, What I would say, though, is it, it, this was counterintuitive to me and it completely uh, I paid for it, too, is that when we first went camping, we said, oh, well, we don't need the footprint. We've got a tarp. So we put a tarp. And of course, we made the tarp a little wider than we needed for the tent, made sure the mm-hmm. tent sat on it. Well, in the Northwest, when the rain comes, I didn't think to myself, I thought, well, I need the tent totally protected, so it, the footprint needs to be wider. Well, the footprint being wider means the water gets on that wide part and goes underneath your tent. Mm. And sure enough, we woke up with puddles in our tent because, of course, if yeah. water is underneath, no matter how waterproof it is, if it sits in water for a long time, it's going to seep in. So sure. uh, easy ways to get the footprint that comes with the tent or comes made for the tent. So you put that down first. You put the tent on top of it. That's your waterproof, ba- uh, your barrier, and uh, it won't let the, the water in. So any water that streams down your tent doesn't slide underneath your tent into a, a puddle. So so that's something I would just say. It's not technology necessarily. It's just that they make them perfectly made. And it, again, the new tents are all funky designs, funky yeah. uh, configurations. They're not the square like we used to have. It's you know, all sorts of weird shapes. So having, having a footprint that's exactly made right for your tent is, is a really nice thing to have. So, so, so I'm, I'm hearing kind of so far, summary, what we're hearing is, is tents, you know, have evolved, but mainly in kind of their layouts and just different uh, capabilities on the inside that you could have sleeping bags, you know, really gotten uh, lighter, smaller, uh, and more uh, cold resistant, but there are different levels and you can kind of purchase and spend the kind of money into it based on the kind of environment you're going to be camping in. Uh, and then the things I'm hearing are kind of like kind of essentials lighting. I think if you're going to be away from uh, uh, like a car, you having water purification, a way to get mm-hmm. water if you're away from your campsite for long. Um, then we talked about a couple safety and security things too. Are there any, is there anything else that's kind of a critical that technology has really played a role in that we feel like, or is that kind of covers everything? Yeah, Rob. I, I have one last thing and I just thought sure. about it. Um, a couple of companies make them. I think that one, it was called spot. It's now been bought by Garmin, but it is a device that um, you pay a subscription to. It's satellite based. You can connect it via Bluetooth to your phone, or you can use the device independently on its own. It mm-hmm. gives you a way to send a distress call. So if you mm-hmm. were in an area without solar, I mean solar, um, cellular, cellular coverage, yeah, it would allow you to get a message. Now, I know with Spot, the, the small 
spot mini or whatever for Garmin, it, if you pair it with your phone, it'll actually allow you to send a text via satellite to someone. And you can do, I believe they call it breadcrumbs where it'll send someone kind of your geo location information on it. I think you can set up kind of when it does it. So not a bad idea, um, you know, to have something like that. And, you know, I don't know if you guys remember, um, the old tech crunch show, um, back in the day, the old, um, that was, you know, they, they had an editor die because they broke down in a snowstorm in the Pacific Northwest. They got lost on a road, had no way to get out. His family survived. They found the family in the car, but he went to look for help and he got lost. They found him less than 40 yards from the car, but he was behind a bluff behind a, like a Mm. little ridge line. So, but he froze to death. You know, just think, you know, that's Mm. a, that if he had had something like that, I don't even know if this existed, that would have been a way for him to signal SOS Mm -hmm. for help and had someone rescue them, you know? And I, I, you know, I think he had three kids and a wife. He, you know, left, you know, so. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. Jeez. Well, I mean, that's, that's great. I, I do think, you know, I know I'm someone that the times I've gone out camping, I, I have not taken as much of the safety and security measures as I probably needed to. And I think that's important to remember. And of course that's where technology really kind of keys in is, there's so many different ways to tap into signals and make sure even in a place without cell phone signal, there's still a way to get a, yeah. a message out, a, a signal out in some way, shape or form. So that's a good call on that, Rob. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. yeah. And then I would, yeah. Alan, I would just say just on the other side, there's tons of really cool apps out right now to find good campgrounds. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you're someone who wants to camp and maybe a little bit more cush, you know, situations, there's, play, there's apps called like hip camp is a really cool one. If you, you go and people offer up their backyards for camping, if you happen to be in a place like I am right now where, you know, camping has been full ever since camping opened for the, the summer, everybody books everything up for the rest of the summer. So sometimes you're kind of looking for creative ways to, um, you know, find places to camp. Um, so there's lots of cool apps out there. Look for, look for them just to be able to research. What's really great is many of those, um, camping sites, you can actually take a look at the site prior to going. So you can pull up a picture and say, Oh, okay. That's, that's where my car is going to be right next to my tent, which is awesome. Or that one is all concrete and all rock and I don't want to sleep there, you know, that sort of thing. So, take advantage of the technology of getting some of the apps or on the websites to be able to research in advance, I think is, is a really helpful thing. So great. Good call guys. Well, I'm not going to go camping this weekend, Um, (laughs) but it's not of any fault of all the information you've shared. I just not ready to get back into it yet. You're you're going to wait until your, your bear perimeter arrives. Is that, I've already ordered everything you you guys mentioned and (laughs) it should be here on Amazon the next week or two. No, this is great. I think, I think what we're basically telling people is look, every, any aspect of our lives, there are technology and technology is in some way, shape or form involved in helping things advance camping. You would think, be the least technology needed uh, pastime, but yet there are some great ways that technology does play a role. And I think it sounds like too, from 
you know, having availability of power through solar uh, uh, availability, which is obviously a lot more prominent than it was in the years past. Uh, the safety security measures we're talking about and just uh, some of the enhancements with tents and sleeping bags and lighting, all of those things can really help just make for an enjoyable experience, but also a safer experience too, which I think is, is great also. So very, very cool. Awesome. This is great. Thanks guys. Very, very yeah. helpful information. So, and I know there's a lot of things we probably did not touch on that are some other tools or accessories that could help with your camping experience. So if you're listening and you've got some other suggestions or things that maybe if we do a revisit on this in the future that we might want to mention, you can certainly let us know uh, your thoughts on that. So Brian, again, what is the way for people to reach us if they want to talk to us about this? Well, they can send us an email at info at the mesh.tv. And if you happen to listen to last week's episode, Alan and I kind of jumped into the mailbag and and pulled out some, uh, some comments, um, some that were positive, some that we're going to try to forget um, and, and pretend really didn't happen because obviously they were a little delusional thinking that Alan ran this thing. Um, but if you send us send a note to info at the mesh.tv, tell us how you use uh, technology or maybe the tech that gets you away from other technology in the, uh, in the wilderness. Uh, we'd love to hear it. So info at the mesh.tv. Great. And Rob, thanks for uh, joining us. Uh, do you think uh, you might be available for uh, one, one last recording with us here um, for the next week? Am I, is that an invite because you didn't have any other takers we, or you genuinely I my I, ser- no. I seriously got no responses Alan from any of the people I tried <laughs> <laughs> no Rob of course you, we wanted you to join us for another recording so, wow. no seriously this is Rob we say that when somebody does their three uh, obligatory episodes with us the 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 reward is you get to join us for the fourth and final the uh, recreations the episode, which is the, the fun one. Yes, it's the fun one. This is the one where All we right. uh, we do our brothers in tech suggestions, and that'll be our next episode. As we are, awesome. the three of us are going to give our brothers in tech suggestions. Each of us bringing a gadget, tool, website, app, whatever it may be, anything technology driven uh, to recommend to the rest of us. And we don't know what we're recommending. We're all coming in blind with our suggestions, so we will see what we have to share next week on that episode. But again, awesome. thanks for listening to this. I know it's kind of an interesting topic talking about camping on a tech show, but as you heard, there is some cool ways to use technology in your camping experience. I hope this helped. And uh, we will look forward to talking to everybody next time for our Brothers in Tech Suggestions episode coming up uh, in the next week. Uh, Rob, again, Dickerson, thanks for joining us. Thanks, uh, Rob. Again, Rob's with, Rob's with Defeat, cycling apparel company in, uh, located in Hickory or outside of Hickory, North Carolina. And uh, I definitely say check them out. It's defeat.com, right? D-E-F-E-E-T. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of a play on words. And nice. uh, yeah, it works. Like it. got a new website launching in a few days. So. Ooh, and I, and awesome. I'm sure you, uh, Mr. Dickerson, are having some some big role to play in that. So uh, uh, you deal with the e-commerce online. You deal with the website. You're dealing with media and everything else for this company. So that's great. Yeah, it's it's and that is D- defeat.com, right? D E F E E T dot com. dot com. Nice. That's it. Check it out, especially if you're into cycling. That's 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 the place to check out some great stuff and that, what they're making and doing. Especially all of it right here in western North Carolina, which is really cool for us too. So all right. Well, thanks, Listen, guys. thanks. Yeah, thanks everybody. We'll talk to you all next time. Take care.
Bye bye. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.